Hey everyone, welcome to our Coffee with Jesus podcast, the very first episode. Today's title is Not What You Think, uh, and today we're going to be looking at a well-worn passage of scripture, and we're going to be discussing life as a sheep. And so once again, welcome to everyone to our very first Coffee with Jesus podcast. As far as possible, we'll be releasing this podcast every Tuesday. And uh, the point of this podcast is for you to grab a cup of coffee or tea. Uh, we don't discriminate. And we're going to be spending around 20 minutes together speaking about something, about anything that may help us become more like Jesus. That's it. That's what we want to accomplish with this podcast. Let's chat about things that are going to help us reflect Jesus more. We may get some people in who we interview, or we may tackle some difficult questions and issues. We may do series, and we may do once-offs, but the purpose of all of this is to make sure that we are all more like Jesus. So again, welcome to the podcast. If you need to press pause to go get a cup of coffee or tea, I get it. There's no judgment here. Go ahead, grab that cup of coffee. And over the next 20 minutes, we're just going to chat about something, chat, a, chat about one of the most well-known passages of Scripture. And so I'm going to dive right in. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. And we know uh, this is quoted so often. It's, it's been preached on by, by so many incredible preachers. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever." And so this is a psalm where David sees himself not a shepherd, even though we know that he had experience being a shepherd. He's, he's not leader in this scenario, even though we know he, he goes on to become king of all Israel. At this point, he acknowledges that every single person, every single one of us is following someone or something. Every single one of us in some way, shape or form is a sheep. You know, so often people talk about what their spiritual animal is, and I'm not trying to get into all of that, but at, at some level, all of us are sheep. And so I want to talk into five things, five quick points out of this, the, this incredible psalm about what it is to, to live as sheep. Point number one is this, choose your shepherd. This is important, and, and, and we, get, we get to choose our shepherd. There's nothing in the world that says you have to follow this or you have to follow that. No, God's given us free will. We see this right from the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden. The one blessing they have is the ability to choose. Each of us gets to choose who or whom we submit to, who is going to be Lord and leader of our lives. Sometimes it's easy to accept the salvation of Jesus, but not necessarily his lordship. If we're going to follow Jesus, if Jesus is going to be our shepherd, he's not just our savior, but he's our Lord. It's not a buffet kind of deal where you can pick and choose. Jesus either is or he isn't Lord. And here's the thing that we need to understand. Sheep need a shepherd. We all need someone or something to lead us. And, and, and sometimes we think we can do a, a good job in this. And so we are both sheep and shepherd, which is, which is awkward. And, and if we think about it, society celebrates those who seem like they've led themselves well. And there is an element of self-leadership, don't get me wrong. 
But on some level, all of us follow something. All of us follow someone. In some respects, each of us have to understand that we are sheep and we need shepherds. Sometimes we look to loved ones to lead us. Or we look at goals, vision, strategy. We look at finances. We look at all these things to try and lead us to be our shepherd. The thing is, though, that the shepherd we choose is going to have to lead us to something. And it's going to have to lead us through something. So here's the question. Has the shepherd you have chosen for your life got the ability to get you to the best possible destination and get you through the worst possible situations? Think about that for a moment. Is the shepherd you've chosen, whoever it is, perhaps it's a person, perhaps it's a thing, perhaps it's an idea or a philosophy, does that shepherd have the ability to get you to the best possible destination and get you through the worst possible situations. Now, you might not know what those worst possible situations are. You may have never encountered it, or you may know very graphically what those worst situations feel like for you. And and we've got to ask ourselves the question, our shepherd must know what's best for us and also how to get us through what's worst for us. So here's the question for this point number one. Do you have a shepherd? Is the shepherd that you are following able to get you to your best possible destination and get you through the worst possible situations. That's number one. Number two, the point is still waters and green grass. After we see David say, the Lord is my shepherd, he then unpacks three scenes and and they're, they're all separate. And the first scene he unpacks is of a sheep among green grass and beside flowing waters. Think about it like this for a sheep. This picture speaks of the two things sheep need to exist, water and food. And it's in a context without any possible danger. There is absolute peace there. There's just provision in front of them. However, in this context, the sheep is not grazing and they're not drinking. They are resting. The sheep in this context is not pursuing things. He's not consuming things. They are resting. They don't have to consume as much as possible because They trust that their shepherd is responsible for their provision. In the midst where they, in a moment where they are surrounded by the very things they need to exist, they can rest because of who they follow. In a time of provision and plenty, many people either go to either ends of the spectrum. On the one end of the spectrum, they can get so stressed and anxious because they want to make the most of it. They don't want to lose out. And so when they are surrounded by plenty of grass and water, what they do is they stress, they become anxious, they they can get frustrated because what they want to do is they want to make the most of that moment. Or the other end of the spectrum is they abuse the plenty and they go off the deep end. They are surrounded by such plenty and they lose sight of their shepherd that they, they actually self-destruct in a way. And they don't see that there's someone who can lead them in times of plenty and times of problems. We all know of people or heard stories of people who in a season of plenty, they can't handle it. You know, you win the lottery and you go bankrupt. Why? Because when we are surrounded by plenty without a shepherd, it's either going to cause anxiety and stress because we don't want to lose it or it's going to cause the abuse of that very plenty. Imagine when you're in a season of blessing, when you're in a season of plenty, not having to worry about anxiety, not having, not, not becoming anxious and on the other end, not destru- destroying yourself. But imagine when you're surrounded by plenty, being able to rest. 
because you are following the author of blessing. And so what's around you now is not all that there is. What surrounds you now is not all that ever will be in your life because you are following the one who can speak an entire universe into existence. He can take nothing and create everything. He can bless you in this time and he can bless you in the next time. Season in, season out, God is the author of blessings. And so when we are surrounded by still waters and green grass, we're not driven to consume Instead, we are allowed to rest because of the one we are following. The third point is life's valleys. And I love how David goes from this most scenic, most peaceful scene to a picture that we often speak to, we often refer to, going through the valley of the shadow of death. And David here says, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I don't know about you, but if I'm going through life's valleys, if I'm going through the darkest moments, the those moments where I have done everything possible to avoid them and now I'm in it. If I'm going through that, I'm trying to get out of it as fast as I can. I'm running. I'm not walking. I'm ordering an Uber to get me through faster. But David says, I walk through it. David says, I'm not rushed. I, I don't have to chase the exit. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And essentially he's saying, if I can trust God enough to rest by the waters, then I can trust him enough to walk through the valleys. If God can grant you rest in, amongst, in plenty, he can also grant you peace in the valleys. And you can walk through the toughest times in your life. When life's darkest valleys come, who our shepherd is will determine our response and our pace in that valley. If we are following the great shepherd, the lover of our souls, we don't have to hurry because he's with us. We don't have to fear because he is with us. This doesn't mean the valleys of life don't hurt. This doesn't mean the, the valleys of life aren't difficult to navigate. But what it means is that no valley, no season has the power to change who we are, whose we are, and how we get through life. And so can your shepherd, the one you're following, lead you through the valley without fear and without anxiety. Point number four is the biggest op opposition. And this third picture is a table full of provision and seated all around are the enemies that we have. Now, Dallas Willard, if you've never read any of his works, I can highly recommend him as an incredible author. And he has this profound thought with regards to this picture. He says, when we follow the true shepherd, we begin to grow to love those who hate us and persecute us. And he says, we are able to share our blessings that God has given us with those who hate us. Think about the picture here. The, the picture is Jesus, the shepherd or God, the shepherd, providing a table full of blessings and seated around that table are our enemies. At the table, there is place for those who hate us. At the table, there is place for those who per persecute us. Why? Because when we follow the shepherd of scripture, when we follow Jesus, this is a kind of love your neighbor as yourself deal. This is a turn the other cheek kind of lifestyle. It's a pray for those who persecute you picture. It's an echo of what Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, even while the soldiers were splitting the possessions of Jesus below him. And so does the shepherd you follow change how you see your enemies? 
Does the, does the thing or the person you are following, does your shepherd reframe conflict in your life? Does your shepherd shift you from hating those who hate you to loving those who hate you? This is not something we can do in our flesh. This is a supernatural thing. And Dallas Willard would argue that this picture is a picture of being able to bless those who curse you, to be able to love on those who have done all that they can within their power to break you down. And this doesn't make sense. And in our flesh, it doesn't even seem right. It doesn't seem just. But can we love people? Can we share what God has blessed us with? with those in our world, regardless of how they feel about us. And so those are the three scenes. It's a still waters and green grass. It's a life's valleys. And then it's a surrounded by my biggest opposition. And to close off, I want to ask this question. Who's following who? I want to challenge us with this question. Who's following who? David ends here by saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy flow in the wake of the shepherd. And so as we follow him, goodness and mercy follow us. Goodness and mercy don't follow us because we deserve them or because of our ability to follow well. Goodness and mercy follow Jesus. And as we follow him, they permeate every area of our lives. And so we're not chasing after goodness and mercy. We're not chasing after blessing. We're not chasing after peace. What we're doing is we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, our shepherd. We're following as closely as possible to the one who loves us deeply. And as we follow in his footsteps, then in a season of plenty, we find peace. In a season of darkness, we can trust. And in a season where we are surrounded by enemies, we can love. Not because that's who we are, but it's because of who our shepherd is. So here's the question. What are you experiencing because of who you follow. What's following the one you follow? Is it goodness and mercy? Is it peace? Is it love? Is it trust? Is it faith? Or are there other things that are following the one you follow? Perhaps you're following this idea of what life should be. You've got this picture in your mind. And as you follow that picture, what's following you is strife. What's following you is anxiety. What's following you is frustration. Perhaps you're following culture's standards and as you follow culture's standards what follows you is self-righteousness is cancellation of others is relativism who's following who and what is following you because of who you are following is the one you follow able to get you through everything you are going through is the one you follow the one you trust to provide in season and out of season and is the one you follow able to change how you see those who persecute you? And so today, as we end off our time together, can I ask you to, to share this, to like, subscribe, whatever you need to do. But more than that, more than that, read through Psalm 23 with a cup of coffee, with a cup of tea. Read through Psalm 23 and say to the Lord, God, I trust you. You are my shepherd. I choose you. And as I choose you, I choose you in the good times and the bad times. I choose you when I'm surrounded by friends and I choose you when I'm surrounded by enemies. And as I choose you, I also choose everything that follows you. But I don't choose you because of what follows you. I choose you because you are everything I need. God, I just pray at the end of this 
time together that we would all have a revelation that we need you to be our shepherd. We need you to lead us and guide us through every season, through plenty, through lack, through valleys and by streams. And we need you more than ever when we are surrounded by enemies so that we can love as you loved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope this has been good. Hope it has challenged you. And I hope after all of this, you and I can be more like Jesus. Look forward to seeing you and chatting with you next week. God bless everyone. Bye.